I do thank God for y'all being here today. And I want to talk to you for about maybe 21 seconds before we start what we're about to start. Don't time me on it, though. But I'm, I'm going to share something with you that, depending on how you look at it, if you, if you gauge it toward a movie or a ball game, it, it's not lengthy. But it's something I think you're, I, I know it applies to everybody. And I know that you may be somewhat interested in it. And the Lord has laid it on my heart today to talk to you about His report. You know, the Bible is, is full of reports. And, and, and we know that from Genesis to Revelation, there are many reports that were given, Old, Old Testament, New Testament. And I want to talk to you about these reports because I think you need to know about these. And what I'm about to do uh, to a carnal mind could be something that you may not like. And I've borderline been disobedient in not providing this for you today. But the Lord has reminded me that it's not my call to do that ever. And so you're going to, I'm going to show you, they're going to show you about a, a four or five minute no, it's about a four-minute clip that I want you to listen to. And I want you to listen to it closely. Uh, it's, it's a report. And then I've got a lot of other reports to go along with that. And then we're going to get to the Word of God, okay? So I, I, I want to pray before I even ask them to start this video because I know where I am going is unchartered territory and I know where I'm going there's a lot of opinions and there's insurmountable amount of lies that's attached to it so we are children of the day not children of the night and so I need to pray that not only would I do exactly the way God is expecting me to do right now but I want to pray that every single ear that is going to hear what you're going to hear and watch and see and observe, that you would receive this. So will you, will you promise God that you'll open up your heart and hear what thus saith the Lord? And it might be nothing that comes out of my mouth other than the Scriptures, but what the Spirit says, okay? So let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that we can, we can look together into, into your word. I thank you, God, because I belong to you. You've showed me what you want me to know. And God, and then you've charged me to share it with your sheep, your people, your bride, because we're living in perilous times and the body of Christ has got to be sharper than it's ever been before. So God, I pray that I would decrease, all of us would, but I would decrease and you would increase and everything, Lord, would fall. All of these reports, God would fall on fertile soil. 
And God, I'll give you praise and honor and glory. For it's your name we pray. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, anointing fall fresh on me. Amen and amen. So I'm going to start and draw, ask you to uh, give your attention to the screen, and then we will continue. That have almost avoided the epidemic entirely, like uh, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia. You know, they took their experience and actually prepared, and so they moved a lot faster. Uh, so we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is... Uh, will get attention this time. Mm -hmm. There are many, many people who have phones and do digital banking on their phone. They have access to money on their phone, mobile money. That was at scale in a number of countries. But all of a sudden, people really said, oh my gosh, to not have to stand in line for my government payment where I might get sick. So just to take Pakistan alone, in 48 hours, 40 million additional people signed up for a digital bank account. That is an opportunity we can use and particularly use to reach low-income families and women on that phone with all kinds of things like cash transfers, more information, more information about when health services are available. So those, some of those digital opportunities are really hitting in ways we didn't expect as quickly as we had, had, been, had thought they would. And I've, I've heard you talk about disaggregating data um, so what, tell us why that's important and how that can help bring solutions to the, to the right population. Yes, yeah, so we have to have disaggregated data. Otherwise, we wouldn't know who's being disproportionately affected with this virus. And it helps us understand where to apply resources. And so we are just in the process with our many disease modeling um, or organizations that we work with, trying to get that data from the states. Not all states have it and have it in a way that we can use it. But if we can use that data, then we know to say, okay, this is where we need to make sure we apply the resources and quite honestly, apply the vaccine first. The, vac the testing, the therapeutic when it becomes available and the vaccine, those are gonna be the hot spots and where you're gonna wanna go to help affect the most change for this country. And we don't know, are we going back to say 2,000 deaths a day like we were in April? We, that's hard to say. It's possible uh, that we will. Uh, you know, so 20, 2020 is gonna be a very tough year because the US just hasn't been willing which it, to drive the numbers to the same low level that many other countries did. Yeah, so the elevator pitch is test, contact trace, isolate and quarantine, and wear a mask, and role model wearing a mask. Every single person should be wearing a mask, without exception. Well, there's certainly a lot of misinformation. Uh, you know, it's great people are paying attention to vaccines in a way, uh, but a lot of that's the, you know, false, false data. We'll see as the vaccine comes out. Uh, you know, we don't need absolutely everyone to take it, but we need a pretty high percentage to take it to get the, the protection. Uh, so, you know, the digital era has brought a lot of misinformation and-, and Yeah, I think there's, a, you know, look, there's a lot of anxiety for good reason in the country right now and a lot of tension. And people are more glued at home. They have more time. Um, so it, in some ways, maybe this was inevitable, but uh, I, I know my husband is not vaccinating people and putting a microchip in her arm because that technology doesn't even exist and he's never uttered the words out of his mouth. So 
Okay. If you could, uh, if you could stop the video right there, that's fine. I want to first on that report. I, I just want to mention about six or seven things that kind of just stuck out to me, got my attention. The first thing is that uh, I find it very interesting that the next, the next pandemic. Uh, will get everybody's attention like um, I guess you're privy to that information and so I, I find that very interesting as I said also I thought it was something that uh, everyone everyone needed to wear a mask everyone no exceptions but not everyone needs to get the vaccine um, I kind of couldn't put my finger on that and I was furthermore interested in trying to learn what do you have to do to be a part of that group of not everyone that needs to get the vaccine? Because it seems to me that if it's so dangerous that everyone needs to wear a mask, but not everyone needs the vaccine, I'm just kind of struggling with that, trying to find out the dynamics of how that comes about. The other thing is that it's very... Um, very nice that 40 million people can, uh, you know, get the you know the equivalent of smartphones in a in a country like Pakistan and uh, get involved in digital banking. That tells me that things can happen pretty quick, uh, and I, I didn't realize that I really didn't. Uh, but I, but I think the thing that that stuck out the most to me on that uh, that clip, that video, was that the technology to put a vaccine uh, or a vaccine into someone's body with a microchip, that type of technology doesn't exist. So what we're going to do, we're just, I'm just sharing reports with you. No, nothing that I have is fabricated. In fact, the two videos that was two videos that were shot uh, on the same day, and people of that caliber, they, their schedule is so tight, what they normally do, they have a day for PR, they have a day when they work in the office, then they have a day where they work on things like um, interviews. So uh, the one video, and I, I want to show you this clip, was actually done by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and you need to pay attention to the date. We're going to start with that one. It was streamed live on June the 23rd, 2020, and it's underlined in red. Can you all sit now here? Can you see that? Can you see the red underline? That's important. Okay, the other one was uh, done by Forbes magazine, uh, but it's actually called Forbes Live, and it was shot the same day for all practical purposes, but since it wasn't streamed live, it wasn't uh, uploaded until... July the 8th, and I think you have that underlined as well. And so uh, keep those dates in mind. Th this just happened about five months ago, so we're going to move from there. The first thing I want to kind of uh, jump on is what was the last comment in that report that was made about the technology. And we're going to go to uh, MIT, which all of you know about MIT University of uh, a lot of good stuff comes out of there. Anyway, in February uh, of 2017, 
MIT undertakes a grand challenge for uh, innovation in global vaccine manufacturing. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation awards MIT, University uh, College London, and University of Kansas $17.6 million for development and production of low-cost vaccines. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Uh, but the same university, uh, this is, you've already seen this image back in August, and then I think it was included in Mackey's Mime last week, uh, but something that we didn't discuss, the same university, the same, pretty much the same department came up with, and this was published on December the 18th, 2019 on MIT's website, storing medical information below the skin surface. Specialized dye delivered along with a vaccine could enable on-patient storage of vaccination history. Um, and then if you go on to read that article a little farther, it says several years ago, uh, several years ago, it's going to be on the next. Nope, that's not it. I, I don't know if you have it. So everybody just listen to me. Don't worry about that slide. It's called an invisible record. Several years ago, the MIT team set out to devise methods for recording vaccination information in a way that doesn't require a centralized uh, database or infrastructure. And then if you jump on down uh, to the middle uh, paragraph, in order to be protected against most, pa most path pathogens, one needs multiple vaccination, Jaclinex says. In some areas in the developing world, it can be very challenging to do this as there is a, lot, a lack of data about who's been vaccinated and whether they need a, additional shots or not. To create an on-patient decentralized medical record, the researchers developed a new type of copper-based quantum dots which emit light in the near-infrared spectrum. Um, that dot uh, dye is made up of a uh, chemical called, or has in, as part of it, luciferase, and I showed that to you in um, August when we did the study on what's happening, and if you remember me showing you the Wikipedia uh, definition of luciferase, which I don't have to tell you what the root word of luciferase is, it's lucifer, and on the Wikipedia page, it says lucifer means light bearer. So when the injection goes in, the vaccine, this light is also included, and I'm about to show you that. This light is also included, this dye, that will illuminate and show you the, the information. Now, let, we want to stop for, I hope it's not a whole minute, but don't you think, if you gave somebody part of a $17 million grant, to study uh, how to make low-cost vaccines. They're trying to make vaccines for about 15 cents a piece to address needs for children and all, all that's great. But don't you think that you would at least know about or be privy to the information if that same department and university came up with a way to include medical records along with a vaccination? I just have an overwhelming hunch that you would have that same information, especially since it's published and it's public knowledge on the university's website. But we're going to go on because the Smithsonian 
uh, institution on their website, you know, Smithsonian Channel, Smithsonian Museum and all that, they actually uh, made mention about this great findings for uh, MIT and what they had discovered. And this is what they said. They said, figuring out how to keep better track of vaccination is incredibly important from a health systems and public health perspective, says Johns Hopkins University bioethicist Nancy Cass, who wasn't involved in the project. Jump down to the middle paragraph. With similar concerns in mind, the researchers led by uh, bioengineers Robert Langer and uh, Anna Joklinek are preparing to conduct surveys to assess whether the invisible tattoos would be accepted uh, by locals in high-priority regions. Backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, interviews in Malawi, Bangladesh, Benin, and Kenya will begin early next year. We want people to be comfortable, says the study author Kevin McHugh, a bioengineer at Rice University. The goal is widespread adoption. It just sounds like to me, by now, that that technology is kind of existing a little bit. It just sounds like it to me. And I think people know that. A website uh, that reports about a lot of the Department of Defense's uh, latest technology and things they're working on, uh, they have a department called Science and Tech on their website. It's called Defense One, DefenseOne.com. And they wrote an article uh, not too long ago that just says a military-funded biosensor could be the future of pandemic detection if it wins FDA approval next year. The two-part sensor could help spot new infections weeks before they begin to show. Why are pandemics so hard to stop? Often it's because the disease moves faster than people can be tested for it. The Defense Department is helping to fund a new study to determine whether an under-the-skin biosensor can help trackers keep up by detecting flu-like infections even before the symptoms begin to show. Its maker, Profusa, uh, says the sensor is on track to try for FDA approval by early next year, in which, in their grant writing, uh, Profusa is also mentioned uh, on the Gates Foundation. But if you go to Profusa's website, which is a highly credible uh, company, Profusa on their homepage, it says Profusa is pioneering ten tissue uh, integrating biosensors for continuous monitoring of body chemistries. And on the circle on the left, it just says Profusa and partners announced initiation of study to measure early signs of influenza through biosensor technology. It's all around us, the technology is, okay? Now, we're going to go a little bit closer. And I, need to tell you, I need to tell you this. I in no way, shape, or form am anti-Bill or Melinda Gates or their foundation or a lot of the super work they have done. They have a soul. There's, a, there's an overwhelming possibility that they have no clue about the Word of God or where we are in prophecy or what is up ahead of us, and how all of this stuff has been told for centuries. We just didn't know what it looked like. So this is not about them at all, and I want you to understand that. But what is about them is if you are telling the public that technologies do not exist when your name and your money is all over everything existing 
with the tech knowledge. That's the problem. And this is where I need to stop and kind of interject something because I'm not, I'm not where I need to be right this minute. But I need to tell you that everything that I'm sharing with you today did not come off of Facebook or some right-wing uh, disgruntled person. This is from people who give the mainstream media information. They take it, distort it, politicize it, and make it where it can be uh, manipulated and all that. I'm just telling you what the horse is saying out there. This is what the horse is doing, and this is where we're going. The horse, in most cases, probably don't know anything about the prophecy side of all this. So I want to make that clear because I don't want you to think I'm against these people or anybody at all. I'm not. In fact, if the truth be known, I have been a Bill Gates fan since I started messing with computers about 28 years ago. Long, long, long time. And so I have been a fan, I've been a follower, and I still am a follower. But you've got to understand where we are and what people's capabilities are. People are very resourceful, folks, so we're going to go to... Uh, what is, for lack of better terms, his personal uh, blog page, which is called Gates Notes. And there's an article that was written not too long ago as well that talks about SCAN. SCAN stands for, and which Microsoft, which, you know, they're creators, owner all that of Microsoft, and they reside in Seattle, Washington. And SCAN stands for Seattle... Uh, coronavirus Assessment Network. SCAN is an outgrowth of research study started before COVID-19. It's been clear for years that there was a lot of scientific community, a lot the scientific community didn't understand about respiratory viruses, such as how they spread through a community and the best ways to stop them. So, in 2018, my office teamed up with the Brockman Bay Institute and other partners to launch a study of respiratory illnesses, including the seasonal flu. That effort, the Seattle Flu Study, aimed to recruit 1,000 volunteers in Seattle who showed cold symptoms to provide a simple nasal swab at kiosks set up in health centers and through at-home tests. That may sound familiar to some of you in this building. Uh, one of the early discoveries of the study was the impact of high intensity, here we go, get ready, physical distancing measures on reducing the flu. In the winter of 2019, a major snowstorm in Washington State led to week-long school and workplace closures. May sound familiar to some of you. Analyzing the data from that flu season, researchers found that the snowstorm's dramatic disruption of social contact led to a drop in the transmission of the flu and other respiratory illnesses. The flu study team hoped that these and other findings would help researchers develop tools to curb even and even prevent the spread of the flu and maybe one day help public officials prepare for future, a future pandemic. That day arrived sooner than anyone imagined with COVID-19 in late January 2020. The first confirmed case of the novel uh, coronavirus appeared in the U.S. just outside of Seattle. 
the patient had visited Wuhan, China, the origin of the outbreak. And in the words of the great philosopher who's gone, Jed Clampett, well, doggy. Okay, let's keep going. Another pandemic on Gates's, there's another section in there called, uh, another article called The First Modern Pandemic. And if you didn't know it, the coronavirus has already been named uh, Pandemic One. Maybe this is what they were meaning when they referred to uh, the next one will get everybody's attention. Possibly so. And you know what? I honestly believe them. I really believe them that the next one will get everybody's attention. I also found, and I left this out, I could not for the life of me, and I don't know how many times I watched that uh, because both interviews consisted of almost an hour, so I just had Derek just to pull out some key things because we weren't going to watch an hour video. I'm sorry. And I just thought I could never put my finger on why would you smile over and over again about 2,000 people dying a day from coronavirus? I hadn't smiled not one time. Anyway, so pandemic one, you can refer to it as pandemic one. Now, you saw this back in uh, August as well. The Patent Scope website is a website where people go, and if you want to apply for a U.S. patent, it's kind of all done here and listed here. You can search out all patents on this website. Well, if you look at that underlying publication date, it is 320, uh, 326-2020. You'll see on the next page, I have it underlined, we'll go to it in just a minute, that the, the filing date was actually June the 20th of 2019. Now, this is applying for a patent called cryptocurrency. You remember the, about the 40 million people about uh, in 48 hours getting digital banking and all that? Well, all of this stuff, and for just time's sake today, cryptocurrency, you may have heard Bitcoin, you may have heard digital money. That's, it's all kind of bottlenecked in to this term called uh, cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency is not just about money. The databases that kind of are being built and house all this information are also connecting and collecting and sharing. You might remember me talking about the Internet of Things way back then. Okay, this is also something that houses and has the ability to know about medical records, personal information and all that, so it's all together. It's about to make sense what I just told you, how conclusive it is. But I want to tell you this, cryptocurrency system using... Uh, activity data, but before we do that, would you kindly just look at the last uh, five digits of that uh, patent that it's been given or applied for? If you drop the two zeros, you have your nice little 666 in there. I'm sure that means nothing at all, but I just thought it was ironic being somebody that's been reading the Bible for a few years. Okay, we're going to go to that next page. You'll see that underlined filing date and... Now, I understand some of this being the software giant, uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft. By the way, those of you that don't mess with computers, Microsoft was the first software company that really came out with what's called an OS or operating system that would be on every computer in the world 
and they came up with a little program, little old program called Windows, which when you're building a brand new machine, you put the operating system on there, Windows, and then it allows you to put other programs on there like Microsoft Word or some kind of web browser like Google Chrome and all that. So it's kind of the house, the foundation that everything else goes on. So he created that software, and he's a multi-billionaire. That's where all the money comes in. So they're the ones that are... I don't, know how it, I don't know how that works together with being a virus expert and a vaccine expert, but somehow or another it does. And so here we go. Anyway, the applicants for this cryptocurrency patent just happens to be the Microsoft Technology Licensing Department. It's, can you see it underlined there? All right, I want to take just a moment, and there's kind of a graph up there of how this communication network works, but the explanation of this, and bear with me now, human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sense body activity of the user. A lot of talk, but listen, here we go. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies, that's a very important word, one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system. And here you go, folks, an award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. Would you like me kind of just tell you what they're saying a little bit there? What they're saying is once you have, whether it's a chip or a die, friend, it doesn't matter. It's the technology we're talking about, not the form of the technology. The, tech, the ability to transmit information embedded in a person to computer servers and people everywhere. What they are saying is that they're not saying, what they're saying is that the cryptocurrency, once you have the, the means of communicating with servers, if you have a vaccination or maybe even paid your property taxes or you are up on your light bill and everything else, they won't hold your money and the cryptocurrency will award you your money because we're going to a cashless society and you will be able to shop. Do you remember in the scriptures, I want to preach so bad and I can't get to it, but hallelujah. Do you know the Lord says, we didn't understand this and I feel the Holy Ghost about that much. So there's coming a time when you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade. A lot of people, and I hope it ain't nobody here that's so naive to think that's light years away. Honey, you are on that railroad track. I got to get going. I, I don't even, I, I don't, I, I, I wrestled with even sharing this stuff to you. I don't even know the amount of hours that I've poured into this stuff because I won't believe anybody but 
people that are actually doing this. So I don't care what somebody told you at work. I don't care what you saw on Facebook, you heard on Fox, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, CNN. I don't care what you heard where. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to park and say this. The quicker you quit listening to the mainstream media news outlets, the better your quality of life will be until the trumpet sounds. I do not listen. I, I don't even really almost trust the weathermen anymore. And see, a lot of you have, you have changed your lifestyle based on what one of those networks have told you. You don't have any information from anybody else other than that. You wouldn't have this today if the Holy Ghost had not a demanded that I shared this with you. I'd rather preach straight out of the Bible to be quite, quite honest with you. This is taking way more time than I ever wanted to, to allow it to happen. But God had to remind me this morning. I said, right, let me say something to Wednesday night. He said, you go ahead and do that. So I want to tell you. I don't believe. So if you come to me and you tell me what you heard or what your analysis is on masks and everything else or what you think it's not really that bad, there's not going to be one vaccination. There's going to be several series of vaccinations, folks. Several. Several. Because you are being trained like you have been and I have been to not say anything about getting a vaccine or a chip or whatever you want to call it so that when the final vaccine comes along that will damn your soul to hell, you're already, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, I'll be there at my time to get it. I'm about to show you some stuff right now that I absolutely could not believe this. I, I, I took my glasses off Friday and I lay my, and I just laughed. And I could like, I said, God, I can't believe this is laying right here in my lap. And it's in plain English. Let me show you something that I ran across. The, the Spirit of the Lord just pointed me to this. But in July of this year, oh man, I'm way over. Good night, I'm way over. I timed myself on how long it was going to take me to tell you this. So I'm about to go into auctioneer mode, okay? You better listen. Okay. I ran across this. The public's role in COVID-19 vaccination, planning recommendations informed by design thinking and the social, behavioral, and communication sciences. So if you think I got that from a preacher or something like that, nope. This was a 47-page study that I pretty much almost read the whole thing, combing over and all going over it. Because I'm not going to just throw something at you. And I want you to know that. Whether you appreciate it or not, I'm not bringing dog food in here to the saints of God. I won't do it. He can call me home today, but I won't do that to you. But this was actually done by Johns Hopkins University, uh, Bloomberg School of Public Health, in joint effort with the Centers for Health Security. In fact, this is where the study is on the Centers for Health Security. I think it's centersforhealthsecurity.org, along in cooperation with the Anthropology Department of St Texas State University. Blew my mind what I'm going to tell you right now. It just blew my mind. So here we go, because I really want to get to the, the, to, the, to the best report that I know of. Okay, these are some of the things, recommendation, and so I might just skip around, but engage in a... Uh, so they've got recommendation in here, things that... They recommend this study found out, running tests, and all these uh, 
models and all this that they should do. So I hope anybody in here does not question the authority of uh, a study that come out of John Hopkins University in Texas State. I, I kind of believe it, okay? I don't think it's forged. I just think it's real for some reason or another. Engage the broad network of trusted spokesperson. This is one thing they recommend, okay, to deal with the COVID-19. Engage a broad uh, network of trusted spokespersons who can deliver and reinforce a unified message about COVID-19. I'm, I'm going to skip down to about the last part of that block. Uh, what they want to do is to motivate. Uh, well, no, let me go. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I, no, I ain't going to do that. Domestically, COVID-19 communication lacked a unified message across trusted sources, uh, adding to an already uh, fractured public perception to the pandemic and its solutions. Identifying a network of trusted spokespeople will be essential for an effective communication campaign around future COVID-19 vaccines. To motivate people to take protective actions like vaccination requires that they hear a salient and specific message repeatedly uh, delivered by multiple trusted messengers and via diverse media channels. Well, I wish we had some of those out there. Uh, effective public health and safety communication involves a repetitive streaming of personally compelling messages that's chopped off. But if that middle part says amplify vaccine affirming personally relevant messages to neutralize mis misinformation about SCARS, COVID-2, vaccine, and vaccine operation. Let's go down to the red. Uh, other proposed interventions include inoculating vulnerable audiences with messages that effectively counter a misinformed argument. That's a nice way of brain, saying brainwash, but they just wanted to use those words. A misinformed argument about the argument uh, before the argument is sent. Correcting misinformation directly to uh, interrupt propagation of the message and tasking, here you go, folks. Derek Cole's going to like this part right here. And tasking social media sites to alter their algorithm, promote trustworthy sources, and censor false information and misinformation. I just got to swallow I'm, I'm my, my throat's dry and I had a big gulp right there's however no singular best practice for counteracting misinformation multiple approaches are needed next local and state public health agencies should explore collaboration with interagency and non-government partners to bundle vaccination uh, with other safety net services for example the WIC nutrition program serves as a key mechanism for connecting low-income pregnant women with nutrition support, clinical services, and immunization screening and vaccine promotion are built into the WIC program. All right. Bundling to particularly vulnerable populations in the context of COVID-19, uh, example, older adults, low-income adults, black and minority communities, could be a way to build trust and streamline vaccine uh, provisions. Now, they say that early rapid response community-based research and recommendation four can help broaden planners' understand of how the intended beneficiary of vaccine think about where these products fit into their lives overall based on their own definitions of health, well, and being. So kind of in a nice way of saying that, let me just say it like it could be 
interpreted that if you do not get the vaccine, you don't get milk for your baby and your rent ain't going to be paid. But I've said it could say that. Recommendation number three, make vaccine, uh, vaccination available in safe uh, and convenient places. This by far was almost my best out of the whole 47 pages. Check this out. You'll probably like it too. Local and state public health agencies should explore collaborations with interagencies and non-government partners to, one, use non-traditional sites. Guess what an example is? Places of worship, senior centers as vaccination sites, and explore opportunities to bundle COVID-19 vaccination with other safety net services. So when you come in church next week, we're going to jack you up with something that's going to make your DNA, and you're going to say, ruff, 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 ruff. no, we ain't going to do that. Anyway, that's what they wanted to do. I just, you know, uh, Elijah made fun of the prophets of Baal. I just thought I just had to throw something in there somewhere because this is too good to be true. Amen, amen. But I love this right here because they don't have a problem using the word vulnerable, uh, inoculate, uh, and the best practices on this underestimation of COVID-19 risk, fostered by inconsistent government response, dampens public will willingness to implement for a protective measures. So here's a recommendation called one of their best practices. I love this right here. It says, amid this increasingly complex communication landscape, there are several best practices that the public and healthcare uh, practitioners, political leaders, and policymakers and communication experts, remember that word, uh, can implement to prime the American general public for a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine rollout. I think you understand what the word prime means if you've ever pumped water before. You just got to work it until it gets there. You get what you want out of it. I like the word prime, man. I couldn't believe it was right there. Okay, but if you go to the next page, you know about that technology that don't exist yet. Again, I find a lot of things I just can't believe that are in place with the technology or people's talking about something on many different places uh, that already know about a technology and so that they're using terms to describe something that don't exist yet. I just, I'm just giving you reports. Let, listen to this though. It will also be critical to monitor in real time who has gotten the vaccine. I don't know why they put that because that technology doesn't exist yet, we were told. How can you monitor something in real time? Uh, and I'm not through with this paragraph. How can you monitor something with a technology that doesn't even exist yet? Okay, but you need to be able to monitor in real time who has gotten the vaccine and what the key facilitators and barriers to vaccination have been within communities so local and public health departments can adapt their approaches accordingly. I don't know if I've read this one yet. Uh, I don't think I have. Yes, I have. But I'm going to go to my last favorite one because I got to, you know, I got to get where I'm going here. Recommendation number four. Are y'all finally ready to get to recommendation number four? I'm ready to get there. Oh, my word. Okay. Trusted community 
spokespersons should be... Let me read recommendation number four. Communicate in meaningful, relevant, and personal terms crowding out misinformation. Trusted, so one of the recommendations is trusted community spokespersons should be engaged in communication efforts to amplify vaccine-affirming, personally relevant messages. This will help neutralize misinformation about COVID-19 vaccine and vaccination operations. So, I want to, I want to, I want to cooperate, all right? So what I'm going to do, I, I, and everybody may not feel this way. Not everybody may not feel like that I'm a trusted community spokesperson in this building. There, I hope there's a, a lot of you that do, and there's possibly people I know in the community that, that may consider me as a trusted community spokesperson. And I'm honored if I am looked at that way. However, if that be the case, I want to at this time, I want to amplify vaccine-affirming, personally relevant, or a message. That's all we got time for is a, so we can neutralize misinformation about COVID. Okay, so I want to affirm about the vaccine and, and people taking the vaccine for a virus we are told that has a 99% recovery rate, you won't get it right, it ain't going to bother you right, the 1%, that's, a, that's, that's unfortunate. And we pray for these people all the time. I don't laugh about 2,000 people a day dying. That's the 1%. It, and you just have to go off of... Uh, you have to go off of what you are told. But I, I want to tell you about this. If you're going to take this, it's like we used to, if you're going to take this information, it's like we used to say around the swimming pool when the, when the lifeguards would leave, they'd hang a sign up that says, swim at your own risk. So I've shared a bunch of, a bunch, oh, a bunch, a bunch of reports with you today. And reports I didn't want to share with you, I shared them with you, though. And, and I want to tell you, uh, I said something about Wednesday night, or I said something Wednesday night that, that I just kind of want to reiterate real quick here. And that's this right here. I want to tell you that I find it very, very strange and alarming that last week when the election was going on, if that's, you know, what really happened last week um, or the week before now, I, I just, with a virus this serious, this serious right here, uh, I find it very strange that for about three days, little to no reporting was done the majority of the time on the places you feed from because they were so engulfed and that that went on. And what's more troubling to me, it wasn't worth even bringing up a week ago, but now you got to go back down to lockdown and there's thousands of people passing out and dying. And They're not saying that. I'm just really, 
uh, expounding on. And, and all of a sudden, you got to go back to 10 and you got to go back to... Because now how does it not even be worth mentioning during an election for the most part? But now you got to turn the heat up, change the rules back and all that. I want to know what happened because I tell you what didn't happen. The population that you said is so susceptible to it and Oprah wanted to ask Trump why they were susceptible to it when they gathered in streets by the tens if not hundreds of thousands breathing on each other and sweating and chanting on each other. We didn't have people laying out in street 14 days later and we didn't have a man. And we're talking about tens and hundreds of thousands of people. Where were the deaths at? And it's just like everything else. You know, I got out of the shower this morning. I was getting dressed. And then she turns the news on to get the weather. But before they did, she said, they said, this is the highest day in North Carolina or something like that. And I said, you know what? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. It's probably the same people giving you that number that's counting the coronavirus cases that counted the mail-in ballots a week ago at 2 a.m. in the morning. You don't have to clap. I mean, I wasn't asking for nothing. So, you know, I, I want God help me this morning. Can I read you another report before we go home? But you're not going to hear this at home, are you? You ain't going to hear it. I ain't trying to draw attention to me or the church or the service today. You're going to go, and what, what bothered me, this is why I wrestled with God. Wrestled with God. This is why I did that, because I'll spend 30, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, talking to you and preaching to you today and you will go to your house and you'll turn the TV and whatever they cough out in five minutes, you will take it and change your life and I can preach out the Word of God and beat my head up against this altar for an hour and you'll dismiss it and you'll go back. If they tell you to stand on your head for 45 minutes a morning so you don't get coronavirus, you will do it unless you get grounded in this book and know what's happening, church. You would. But, but we, we, we can't do that anymore. We can't. We still do what we do here. We're going to continue to do because it did do what it was intended to do. And the second one is going to do what it's intended to do. All right, and I'm quoting them. It's going to get people's attention. I want, to, I want to just read with you, and I know I've spent a lot of time on that, and this is why I argued with God because, Lord, I'm not going to get to preach. People's going to be minded about the time, and, and, and it's going to put me in a bind. He said, let them go home. Let them go. If, if, you, if you need to leave, hey, feel free to leave. No pressure. thing about it is we have to be careful because you have to leave different ways, all right? If you got to leave, you got to leave. But the Lord could come back on my dime right now, and I ain't going to be disobedient. I mean, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. So, by the way, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to Isaiah 53. And while we're going to Isaiah 53, how many of you inside this building would support at some point if, if, if we just came in here and had a revival for a week? Now, when I say support, I need to be clear with that. I don't mean you'll pray for me at home, you'll send your money. I mean your body. Your body. I, it ain't on the radar, but the Lord told me to ask you. And it, it won't be streamed, by the way. It won't be streamed. Not live streamed. It won't be streamed. And I, I'm just following. So listen to this report. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, or, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. I love this report. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Can anybody say amen? Amen. amen. Now, if you keep on reading the Word of God, you'll come across a story in the book of Isaiah. See, and I, Isaiah started out talking about the coming Messiah that would come. He was giving the report, and he felt like I'm feeling right now. God, who believes the report? Who believes the report anymore, God? And then he went on to say, he's going to grow up. He's going to be despised and rejected. He's going to be a sight on the cross that nobody is really going to want to look at because his body is going to be that distorted. Who's going to believe the report? And then this has happened all through the Bible, the Word of God, because many people did the same thing. Over in the book of Jeremiah, I meant to tell you earlier, there was, let, let me read this to you real quick. For time's sake, I'm just going to read this to you, and then I'll tell you about it. Now, it happened when Jeremiah had stopped speaking to all the people, all the words of the Lord their God, for which the Lord their God had sent him to them these words, that Azariah, the son of Hoshiah, Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the proud men spoke, saying to Jeremiah, you speak falsely. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, Do not go to Egypt to dwell there. But Barak, the son of Neriah, has sent you against us to deliver us into the hands of the Chaldeans that they may put us to death or carry us away captive to Babylon. So Johanna, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces and all the people would not obey the voice of the Lord to remain in the land of Judah. But Johanan, you need to hear this, the son of Korea and all the captains of the forces took all the remnant of Judah who had returned to dwell in the land of Judah from all the nations where they had been driven, men, women, children, the king's daughters, and every person whom Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, and Jeremiah the prophet, and Baruch, the son of Neriah. So they went to the land of Egypt. For they did not obey the Lord, and they went as far as Taphanes. Now listen to me. The man Johanan in there, he just had an earlier experience in the 40th chapter where he went to the governor of the land, Gedaliah, and he said, Gedaliah, I need to tell you something. There's a man named Ishmael coming with the group. The king has sent Ishmael to come and kill you. And if you will let me, I'll go right now in the middle of the night and I will kill him and I'll take care of him so that he don't take your life. And he, did not he didn't believe that report. Get a lie. said, don't you say such a thing. 
Don't you say such a thing. But what I just read you, it's kind of like opposite things. Johanan comes along after Jeremiah sought the Lord for an answer for the people on what to do and 10 days went about and sure enough, the Lord told Jeremiah, you tell those people, including Johanna, tell them they better not go to Egypt. If they go over there, the sword's going to get them, the pestilence's going to get them, and famine's going to get them. But if they will just surrender and do what I'm telling you to tell them to do, they will save their life and they will save their family life. He said, you're lying. See, he got with all the proud men. You got to watch out with pride, folks. It will kill you every time. And that's exactly what took place. He got with the proud men and they believed what he was saying. Johanan, they followed along with him, but he was the same joker that just told, was told by Gedaliah who was dead in the grave by then. I don't believe you. Now he's telling the man of God, I don't believe you. And you know how the story goes. Now he and all of them people were dead and all of their family. People did not believe the report. There's been reports all throughout the Word of God. The Bible says that Joshua and Caleb were in the land. They went with the spies to see if they could take over the people. Eight of them dudes come back and said, Oh, my goodness, they look like giants there. Joshua and Caleb come back and Caleb said, Look, we've looked at this thing. We can whoop their rumps. We can take this land and we can get all these things that God's got for us over there. They didn't believe that report. They suffered. They wondered. And they were without. A whole generation had to do without because people did not believe the report that God had sent through his messengers. Daniel and the lion's den. That happened because of a report. He was given a report that for 30 days you can't pray. If you pray, you're going to go into the lion's den. He did not believe that report. It didn't influence him, in other words. He went to his house, the Bible says. He raised the window and he prayed three times a day, just like he always done. They come and got him. They threw him in the lion's den. But the faithful God, Jehovah, that he served, he spared his life. He sent an angel there and the king himself come and took him out. He didn't believe that report and it paid off for him and then you have his three friends Nebuchadnezzar wanted to throw anybody that would not bow to him in the fiery furnace that sound familiar to y'all and then boys said listen whether it be right or not we're not going to bow but to one God if it gets us in the furnace we don't believe that report we believe what God says that he's faithful to us and we owe our lives to him we're going to give him our lives and we're only going to surrender they paid no attention to that report and God spared them in the middle of a fiery furnace you can go on and on and on and David you know about David he was told the report by his brothers and the army and even Saul look this guy's been defying the armies of God the army of the living God for 40 days Goliath y'all know that name it sounds familiar at ring a bell Goliath big old over nine foot tall and for 40 days he blasphemed God and he talked about the people of God and you know what happened next don't you David didn't believe the report that he would win he didn't believe the report of the king that you got to wear all these clothes he just believed what God said, that my God is a redeemer. My God is faithful and true. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. God will in no wise cast me out if I come to him. So he didn't go to Goliath in his own strength. The Bible says he picked up five smooth stones and only took one. And he said, I don't come to you in the name of, of my brothers or my family, or my, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And with one
one hurl of the, of the stone, stone directed by the Holy Ghost, it dropped the giant. He took the head off the giant and he presented it. I'm telling you, folks, the report you need to believe today is the one that's in this book right here. All that stuff I told you and spent a lot of time telling you on, they're going to carry out a lot of these things. But I'm telling you, you need to believe the report of the Lord and what He said. And I'll tell you what the God, God said about you. If you'll look over in the 8th chapter, in fact, you need to read the whole thing when you get home. The Bible says the report the Lord's got on you, it says in verse 16 that we are the children of God. In verse 17 it says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ it, it goes on to say in verse 27 he who searches the hearts and knows the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints he's the one that prays for us and we know that all things work together for good that's the report he said about you then he went on to say in verse 30 that we are the called we are also justified he said then if God is for you who can come against you? He also said that it, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely by him, through him, with him, give you all things? And then he said in verse 36, as it is written, for your sakes, we, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, church, we are more than conquerors through him, who loved us? For I am persuaded, and I hope you are too, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He also says... David said, and I'm saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is the one that makes me to lie down in the middle of this death valley that we're living in right now. He's the one that makes his children lie down in green pasture. I'm telling you where your news needs to come from today. And it's called the Holy Word of God. The devil is going to do all he's going to do out here. But if you're made out of this stuff right here, it won't flinch you one bit and it will not shake the people of God. Can you stand up this morning? We got to pray. We've really got to pray. We've got to pray. And before we pray, I want to talk to you because I love you. The Lord has blessed me with you. I'm going to tell you the same way I would tell Caitlin if I knew there were danger and there were just things she needed to know growing up, I have that same obligation to you. And I want you to understand something. The intention of the Lord today is not to scare anybody. The intention of the Lord today is to inform everybody. Inform everybody. If you will listen to what God is saying in His Word, God will tell you the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Your information has to come from God. And the news, the news, the news, I would not own, I would not own satellite or cable service 
if it was left up to me. I wouldn't do it. I don't have time. It's a lot of money to pay to fall asleep 10 minutes after you sit down. Amen? A lot of money. And the Lord is really coming back. And what we all have to understand in this room, what we, and, and those of you watching, we, we have to understand this, that you're the voice the Lord has left on this earth. Do you understand that? You're the voice the Lord has left. And the intention of God in His Word, I need you to look at me. There's some people moving around to go sing, but don't worry about them. I'm telling you what you need to hear right now. They're wearing the same clothes they were wearing an hour ago. And we'll change the way we do this next week. I want to tell you this. Listen to me. It's not God's will to send His Son on a cross to die for your sins so you can go to heaven, but you live in fear and bondage on this earth until you get there. Not, not the God of this Bible. I know we're made out of the same stuff our flesh is that the world is, but I'm telling you, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen with that, that remnant, that few, the mind. You cannot be influenced any longer by the world, church. You've got to be more influenced by this Bible right here. Because if things got down to, because where we are right now, people aren't ready for what could be the next wave. And I don't mean from a sickness standpoint. The compliance and the fear that's come from the compliance. And you've got to be careful, I get that. But the bondage that's come from the information that's been fed to you from worldly secular sources is ridiculous. And you know where I get a lot of things from? I don't get it from where you get it from. I get it from people that's been, or, 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 or a lot of people, and I'm going to give you a quick example real quick, that have either been fired or let go from the medical field or the government field because I just read this week, in part of this study, it may even be in that study, that the possible use, check this out now, along with a vaccine uh, of hydrochloroquine. I did. In, in one of these studies I read. Now in January, and I'm not getting back into this mess, but in January, it had to be taken off of the shelves. Many physicians that were thought they were doing a good job have, have lost tenure and jobs from major universities and medical organizations just because they ran tests, they ran uninfluenced lab tests and all this before they knew it was a political thing and it, it, it was, a, it was a, a manipulating thing with controlling and all. They were just doing their job and now they don't have a job. But all of a sudden now, it's being entertained because of its effectiveness. But George Stephanopoulos is not going to let you hear from them. And I love his soul. 
So we got to pray. We got to pray. God, help me today, Lord. Help us all today. We, we, we're, I want you to repeat this after me. We are in this world, but not of this world. God, I hope that we mean what we just said. And Lord, I pray that we understand that there is absolutely no weapon formed against us that can prosper or prevail. And God, we've got to get our mind off of our flesh. What if I get sick? What if I die? You're going to, you're going to die anyway. One day, you have an appointment just for that one, that one uh, event, death. There's a date there. So God, I pray in your name, hallelujah for me to see, oh God, that I'm part of the army of the Lord. I've got to start thinking like a warrior. I can't be hypnotized. God, I cannot continue to be brainwashed. I, I, I've got to look to the wonderful words of life. And Lord, I've got to shun the very appearance of evil. Lord, and secularism is evil, God. And, and we've got to know that, Lord. God, I'm praying today for any sinner, anybody that's not a believer, I'm talking to you in here and online. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you say, well, I'm worried, I'm scared. Well, we, we're about to adjust that. We're, we're about to deal with that. You're scared because you're not in Christ. Because see, fear, fear comes from, fear comes from the devil. The Bible says that perfect love, and his name is Jesus Christ, cast out all fear. If you'll just go to the other layer, you can pull all the vocals down at one time in the house, and we'll be good. So all of you in here that don't have that peace, that you're, you, you are just waiting on for the next round of instructions so you can be safe. I want to tell you, you, you are in the driver's seat and God is the one that's doing all the driving. Not the world, not what you're hearing. I just read a lot of reputable sources to you today. They didn't hold anything back. So God, I got to get out of this scared fear state. Forgive me of my sins. That's all you got to do, folks. Cleanse me, wash me, make me whiter than snow. And Lord, I repent. And I crumble at the cross. I'll devote the rest of my life to you. And I'll study these scriptures. And I will eat the word of God. God, I pray you would bless the people. I pray, Lord, that you would this week let our, our words be something we think about. Help us to talk like we're in the army of the Lord and we're not just another vulnerable citizen. 
I pray, Lord, that we would walk with the love of Christ and the compassion of Christ, but have the determination that we read about the Apostle Paul, Lord, even when he was stoned and whipped, and even more so, the determination of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. If you prayed or you're here, I just want to tell you this before we go. You can text the word SAVE to 910-400-1199, I believe it is. Or just go to Multitudes Church slash SAVE. And you'll know what to do from there. How many of you are ready for Jesus to come back? I am. Hallelujah.